Hey guys, welcome to the Save Canini podcast, where every week we get together and talk about video games and video game related stuff. Is that some um, Bloodborne? Yeah, that's Bloodborne back there. <laughs> that there is Tommy Scalby. Hello, hello. And then uh, the other gentleman is Ryan Robinson. Hello, my name is Ryan Robinson, uh, not a virgin. <laughs> and I'm Sinead Howard. So guys, what have y'all been playing this week? Okay, so I've got two things I want to talk about. Uh, you can only little, talk about one. Little brief little journeys here, okay? One, uh-huh. uh, right before we started recording this, my daughter just beat The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. Nice. Ooh. And, like, it's funny to think about, like, it, stick with me here and let me know what you think about this, okay? Because <laughs> okay. gaming is, like, relatively new, you know? Right. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, right? Compared to movies or books or whatever else, right? Uh, and it reminds me of, like, when I was in middle school, early high school, I really loved the film Midnight Express, which was written by Oliver Stone. And my dad had expressed uh, some sense of pride in me knowing that movie, knowing that most people my age would not know that movie. And when I see my kid beat a game like this, that is... 17, 18 years old at this point, I kind of feel that same sense of pride in that, like, the majority of her friends have probably not played this game at all, you know? Yeah. Is that yeah. weird? Well, no. Uh, no, because that means you're, I, yeah, it means your, your daughter's the cool gamer kid. I don't, it's not even that. It just it feels like she's more cultured, as pretentious as that sounds. Sure. Uh, you know, so I thought uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, like, sh- like anything referential to it, she'll obviously get it while others won't. Sure. But it's also but something... But it's not even about that. It's about appreciating, like, a masterwork or what I would consider to be, you know? Yeah. Well... Um, but it's also something that, like, something more that y'all have in common that's not necessarily, like, something that, like, you don't super enjoy. You just, like, like and you know your kid can play it. Sure. It's something that you both can appreciate together on like kind of the same level, which is and like always the next turning point with kids. Like that, right? Like she says forever now that her favorite game is near Automata, and like you, know, you guys know that's my shit. But like that's a modern game. She probably has peers that have played that, you know. Um, so it's just interesting in that way to think of games in that way, and I thought that was pretty pretty cool. Uh, the other thing, I bought King of Fighters fourteen on a whim, and. There's now 14? Holy shit. Yeah, and that game uh, is not pretty, but I knew that before buying it. But, like, uh, the quality of the game aside, it's the first time that I played a King of Fighters where the way that combos are done in that series finally clicked with me. And I was able to take that knowledge back to previous games and execute well in those games. And it's, like, I was telling Ryan, like, it it feels really good, but it also feels like I've wasted 30 years of my life. (laughs) Because I've been playing with these games, not seriously, but I've been playing with these games since I was, like, fucking six or seven years old, you know? Uh, And I guess I just never really got them until now. Uh, So that's weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like... I didn't understand how combos worked in Killer Instinct until I played 2013. Because uh, I didn't... Well, I, and the way they work in 13 is different from previous Killer Instinct games. Then I guess I still don't understand. Yeah. I mean, not completely different, but yeah. I know what you... I mean, uh, as somebody who is not good at video games, like, I can relate to that feeling. Because there's definitely, like, those moments where, like, it clicks and it's like... Holy shit. Holy shit. Well, I think you like you grow up with Street Fighter being like your fucking game, right? And like every fighting game going forward after that, I'm like, well, surely it works like this. Obviously that's very frequently not the case, you know. Uh but I always try to play King of Fighters like Street Fighter. And like, yeah, just within this last week it finally clicked for me. And uh very happy that that's the case. Nice. Which um, So which King of Fighter games did you go back to and play again? Well, over the past few months, I've been playing O2 Ultimate Match uh, as well as 13. 
which are probably the two best King of Fighters games ever made. Uh, but, like, I remember talking to Ryan about, like, Max Cancel in 13 and how, like, I understood what it was for. I just didn't understand how to execute on it, you know? Uh, and, like, now being able to do that, that game's just way more fun, you know? Uh, what about you, Ryan? Oh, me? Huh. Mm -hmm. uh, so thanks to Tom, I am also playing King of Fighters 14. <laughs> <laughs> Did you also have a similar, yeah, I just got how to play this game moment? Uh, no, I still don't know how to play King of Fighters. But I will say <laughs> that um, I think that uh, I have an affinity for SNK fighting games. Like, I just like the way that they look and the way that they feel. I just think that they're overall, like, generally very cool. Um, and I think this is the first King of Fighters game that I've played uh, in a while. Because I, I played 13 a little bit on the computer. Uh, but I think the most recent one that I played was 2002. Uh, and I hadn't really touched one. But uh, going into this game, I, I, listened, I was listening to Tom talk about it. And talk about all the things that he learned playing the game. And it got me really excited. And so I was like, I want to get in on that. So um, I went ahead and got it. It's on sale right now for $16. So um, yeah, we played, we played a few uh, matches last night. Uh, also, that game has online training. So we could train and practice our moves online together without having to worry about rounds or time limits or anything. And it was, it's really neat. Um, so that's a good time. Also... Uh, since it was only $5, I also picked up Garo, Mark of the Wolves, which is um, a fantastic game. I can't wait to play it. Uh, Tom has frequently referred to it as a man's fighting game. <laughs> uh, but it is, it, is a very, it is a very good classic game. Um, I've also been revisiting No Man's Sky. Um, just doing some of the community events and that. Um, that's been a pretty fun time so far. Uh, I've managed to, like, I've happened upon something that I'd never seen before, which was there's these things called, um, lightning, lightning eggs, lightning crystals, lightning crystals. Uh, and they only happen <laughs> when you're on a planet with extreme weather and when there's a storm happening on that planet. Uh, so it's really dangerous to go out and collect them, but they're worth like a whole bunch of money. So I had a really good time collecting those. I felt like a, like a true treasure hunter doing that. Um, you got, did you get a bunch of monies? Yeah, I got like over a million credits in like the course of like five minutes, which I have. Fuck yeah. I haven't had. I've owned that game for four years and have never gotten a million credits before. So I was really happy <laughs> about that. Um, and lastly, I have been revisiting Destiny 2, um, which, man, that's a cool game. Uh, it's just, a, it's just like. So I always found I always thought that the lore of Destiny seemed interesting from like a really high level like but like I never like really got like really got to get into it in depth and so like um luckily um even after all the updates they've done in Destiny 2 over the last uh, since the game came out like you can go back and do the content from like when the game first launched so you can get that story and be caught up and it's uh it's really neat I'm having a good time I'm playing with a couple of buddies uh playing it on a computer um yeah it's it's really cool i have a space wizard who shoots lightning out of his hands which i which i love so yeah is that still on battle.net no it's not it's on steam now how weird yeah um uh <clears throat> yeah uh, i haven't already made her about destiny in a hot minute but i'm glad you're having fun and space wizard does sound like fun yeah and it's free to play now so ah uh. <laughs> all I, all I, now whenever I hear free to play all I think is like oh so like you ha like you lose five lives and you have to pay for more like candy <laughs> <laughs> yes that is correct that is also correct that applies to destiny that as well <laughs> uh, so I play um, I played some Mario Party with my family cool. and the then, new one um, the one on the switch yeah Super Mario Party yeah that's a good one um, I like that more than a lot of people did. I had fun with it. I mean, I think it's fun. We've had it 
because it's the one that's been out for a hot minute, right? Oh yeah, like, a good little while yeah. now. Um, yeah, no, I got it on my Switch pretty shortly after we bought it because uh, some family came into town. So it's one of those games everybody can play. Um, as well as played some Mario Kart, and then um, I played Unravel Two with my friend Sean. I'm sorry. What? I uh, it's I actually hate not. Yardy. I know. So I it was so familiar to me whenever he Yardy was like. Worth showing what he like he had and then he bought it and i was like and i was like yeah i was like reminds me of this game yarny and i was like wait <laughs> no <laughs> was never uh, called yarny. Was no, no. Name. and i told him that i was like wait wait no i put i was like i didn't play it but my one of the i was like told that you did you played it and that you, that you called it yarny and so, or called yeah. the character that so since then no, that's it's the now character's st- name. that is the character's name uh, it's, it's short not. for Yarnathan. Yes, it is. It absolutely <laughs> is. Look it up. Yeah. Uh, it's Unravel, uh, and then Unraveled 2. Both the yarns are yarny. I have no idea. I just know about the first one. But, uh, yeah. So, in there, I was like, so, I was like, I genuinely thought it. I was like, but I've seen the first one played. Second one, um, obviously similar gameplay, but I liked it. I, I thought it moved pretty well. I liked the little challenges they had. Did um, you like, how was the yarn? <laughs> the yarn was fantastic. Okay. I felt very much like Spider-Man because I kept shooting at my stuff, and like they had a lot that were like acrobatics in the air. If you want to, f- if you want to feel like Spider-Man, I have a game for you. Is it Spider-Man? Yes. <laughs> the yarn uh, is EA looking out for the little guy. You know that little guy is Yarny. <laughs> uh, but no, it wasn't bad at all. And then um, it's been playing Smash. And I'm getting a lot better at my spacing, and I'm pretty excited about that. And um, and I'm finally figuring out how to play speed char- or fast characters. I played a couple of them, and I didn't do too bad. And normally, I get like really like nervous and like ugh with these characters. So, which Fire Emblem character is your main? <laughs> Corn and Violet. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I have two that I play a lot. I like uh, Corrin a lot in that game. Uh, are you guys playing, like, Final Destination, no items, or are you playing just, like, whatever? Oh, I, me and Sean play um, everything on, including, yeah. like, the stage changes, yeah, right, high, right, right. all of the items, everything, like, random, <laughs> random characters half the time. We don't even select them. We're just, like, doing that. Um... But yeah, no, it's it's and then with Birdo, they don't do they I don't know, they make their own rules too. Like they don't show the percentages and just the lives and then they don't play with any items, but they do have the certain st- stages picked out. Yeah. And then um of course Animal Crossing, I'm um, mm-hmm. getting excited for all the updates next month and then um there it was just a bunch of bugs next month no they're gonna let you swim next month next month you're gonna get to swim in the yeah beach. i had to go swim and then there's like new encounters yeah. and um I'm just... my sister just had her animal crossing birthday yeah she and, sent uh, me a picture was... of her animal crossing birthday she was really excited about so she it. didn't set it as her own birthday no she did yeah oh it was her so actual it was birthday. Her awesome birthday yeah. <laughs> It's not noteworthy that it was her birthday on a show about video games. (laughs) You understand that, right? (laughs) Uh, no. Get it together, Uh, Shanae. Never. Uh, But yeah, so um, this week, though, Tom came up with the topic... And we're going to talk about things, or about, um, if we could change one thing in the history of gaming, what would it be? Or not what would it be, but, like, what would we change and how would it affect, like, today? Oh, see, so I wasn't thinking about it in that term, like, if we could change one thing, right? I I was thinking more of it like, uh, like Marvel Comics, what if, you know? That's... That's kind of what I meant, but I I, yeah. I heard how it came out of my mouth, and I was like, like well, none of the things I picked are things that I would actually want to change." Sure, you know. Oh, well, yeah. Some, some, I mean, not, I mean, some on mine neither, because I picked a couple as well. Sure. 
But uh, I picked a few. I think we could do one each. I picked a few just in case I picked the same thing as you guys. Okay. Uh, so who wants to go first? Shanae. Uh, all right, I'll go first. So on mine, uh, so mine is, um, what if Sega never had any issues with their hardware and we're continuing making consoles today? Um, so Sega Genesis was marketed well and uh, like sold way more than it actually did. Um, Sega Japan decided to really push on their market. I think that if they were still around, there'd be a lot more innovation as far as controllers and systems themselves. Historically, they did try a lot of things with the cartridges and discs as they were before they were making the Genesis and their decisions on there. And yeah, so that's my fir- so that's my first one. Well, even after that, right? Like uh, things like AM2 hardware. Uh, as well as like Naomi and uh, Atomus Wave, like that was their shit, right? So like, I think the interesting thing about Sega, pro- perhaps the most interesting thing about Sega, is as far as tech goes at the time, uh, not as much with Dreamcast, but yeah, even with Dreamcast, they were really like leading uh, the industry as far as tech goes, you know. Um, they were far ahead in a lot of ways, certainly well, in the arcade scene, but even in even at home for a very long time. Uh, so like, I, I, well, I know in like Japan, whenever we like, um, I think it was like the SG thirteen hundred or one thousand that came out at the same time that the Famicom did. I think on mm-hmm. the same day. Uh, I know the Famicom had better tech than it at that moment, but I know I'm that like about later stuff though. You know, like okay. actually towards Sega's end not their beginnings. Gotcha, uh, okay. Yeah, their, um, their, tech, their tech was pretty far ahead. You know, we're talking about games like Virtual Fighter and, you know, fucking Daytona and stuff like that that look pretty fucking weird today. But, like, back then, that was some industry-leading shit, you know? Um, so if they continued on that path, I guess, like, Phil Spencer couldn't tell you how per- powerful the new Xbox is going to be, you know. <laughs> It'd be like whatever <laughs> Sega's Dreamcast 3 would be or whatever, oh, you know. Man. Like, Imagine yeah. a world where the Dreamcast 3 exists. You know. <laughs> that's it, uh, and that's, it's all speculation, right? This, this whole conversation is speculation. But Well, uh, I also, I, yeah, well, I also think that with having another competitor, they're yeah. probably, with, and especially one that, like, because you are correct, the fact is, like, historically, Sega did take a lot more risks than other, um, like, companies at the time. Like, there's a lot of things that Sega did, obviously, that Nintendo didn't do because they wanted to be family-friendly. But the markets, like, I mean, but competitively, for a long time, those two in, like, a lot of markets were, like, the main two. Oh, yeah. I So I do think that, that because they were willing to do more, also at that time, or for a long time, and even, well, now, on some things, like, Nintendo was saying, like, hey, if you're going to make games for us, like, you only make games for us. And Sega wasn't doing that. And I think that there would be a, I think maybe there's definitely a possibility that the indie game scene, with having another competitor in Pillar, would have boomed a bit sooner. Granted, I don't think so. Uh, And we'll get to that with my pick, because I don't think either of you have picked what I've picked. But, like, I mean, it would definitely be different, right? Like, you are correct. There was a period of time where Nintendo wanted not really, like, to lock everybody down to a second-party deal. uh, Because even on, like, the NES and Famicom, right, Konami was making games for multiple consoles. Yeah. it is something that they would prefer to have had. And Sega was a bit more open with that stuff. At the same time, you know, with Sega getting out of the hardware race, you know, we wouldn't see Sonic in Smash Brothers now, which is kind of weird. Uh, or like Mario and Sonic at the Winter Games wouldn't really be a thing. You know? <laughs> and that's funny to think about. But like, at, what I do wonder... I don't know, it's hard to say, right? Like, Sega still makes arcade games. And they don't make great arcade games. But they still make arcade games, some of which are pretty fun compared to like 
the mobile arcade ports, right? Uh, I wonder if like they had stuck with hardware. And this is like heavy speculation, but if they had stuck with hardware and when he- Sega was heavy into hardware, were leaving things specifically at arcades. Yeah. Uh, would the arcade scene be better now? You know, that I wonder about uh, pretty often, you know. Actually, that, I mean, because I could totally see where in the industry, like a possibility of like Sega for a long time making arcade games for their, one of their best sellers and then as their new console launched, put on their new console. Right. Well, and like, and making it like the, the arcade market, the demographic market to hit it first. Right. And when I think about like some modern arcade games that are actually fun, like the Monkey Ball Arcade and the Alien Arcade, like those were Sega games, like modern Sega arcade games. And they weren't fantastic, but if Sega would still have teams that were invested in arcade hardware, uh, would they be more fantastic, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, Ryan, you're up next. Okay, hold on. Let me... I have a doc. Is it a Google doc? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, and I just want to... I'm. Mine was, uh, so of course, like we're doing, making sure I understood the, the thing here, but basically like if this thing didn't happen, how did this, how, like, what would have been the effects, right? Sure. Right. Uh, so I went with, uh, online gaming. That was one of mine. Good, good, good. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. What if online gaming didn't happen or. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I like even further, like I went really, really far back. Um, the internet didn't exist? Well, like, I went back to, like, the late 60s. Um, so I went back to uh, the late <laughs> to 1969 when... Uh, so there was uh, something called Plato, which stood for Program Logic for Automatic Teaching Operations. Um, and they had an internet system on that, which offered a two-player game called Space War. Um, now then I fast, then you fast forward, okay, to the late seventies to ARPANET, which is a system that was basically the predecessor to the internet that linked a bunch of universities together. Um, then in 1980, uh, the university of Essex at Colchester, England, uh, was hooked up to ARPANET and two undergraduate students there invented a type of game called a MUD, which is, stands for Multi-User Dungeon. And so what that allowed for was, it was basically, it's a text-based thing, and it was, uh, it was basically an art, it was a role-playing game that had, it had like elements of adventure and hack and slash. Uh, you had PVP in there, uh, interactive fiction, online chat, um, and so that basically like laid the foundation for you know online gameplay. Um, so I think about so I take these things right going back all the way to 1969, and if these things didn't happen, if that foundation wasn't laid for uh, you know online multiplayer, then we fa- we look forward a few decades and we see when online gameplay be- was a really popular thing, like starting with like. Games like Counter Strike and EverQuest, and games that, uh, like, part of like a um, uh, a group of games that popularized online play, and and what was in the modern era, and made it kind of cemented it as like a profitable thing to have online games. So if games aren't po- so if the online if online gaming wasn't made popular at that point, then we don't see. Um, we don't see the success of games like Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which, uh, you know, which kind of uh, kind of made a st- standardized what a lot of shooters were doing and like built some foundations moving forward. And then uh, then moving forward, we have like the whole games as a service, like with games like, you know, games like Destiny or The Division or, you know, games like that that are like live games and games as a platform that as they exist today. And so if, you know, if people weren't, 
if that foundation weren't laid back then for these online gameplay, then I don't, I guess, I guess I don't think, I'm not sure I should say that online, online games would have existed or at least wouldn't have existed like in that same timeline, if that, if I'm making any sense. Yeah, you're making sense. Uh, you know, it's funny, I, somebody else had brought up like Pong and if, you know, Pong never happened, would there not be other tennis games? And of course there would be tennis games, right? Like yeah. it would just be much later. It might be a little bit different or whatever. And like, I think online gaming would still happen. Uh, you know, it's happened to literally every other industry just about, right? Yeah. I think I think it would still happen. I think it just might happen later. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think it would happen much later, honestly. You know, uh, as far as like infrastructure or how it looks to play an online game, like it's really hard to say how much influence those old games have on modern day online gaming uh, or even the, you know, not the birth of online gaming, but the popularization, the mainstreaming of online gaming. I sort of uh, took a butterfly effect approach to it. Like, yeah, you, yeah, go back and sure. change, you go back and change one thing. And right, then right, right, all right. of this other shit might fall apart. So in this, <laughs> so might, in this universe, very well, very well, might you know? So yeah. in this uni- this parallel universe where online gaming doesn't really become a thing. So do you think that means that like first-person shooters would not become as big of a category without you know like obviously like because I'm assuming like ho- online gameplay also means there's no like LAN parties, so no like Halo, no Call of Duty. I think they were already huge before yeah. that was even an option. You so know. there were there were prototypes for first person shooters like around the same time that MUDs came to exist. Um, they don't they obviously they didn't look the way that like we knew them even like as far as ahead as Doom, but like they kind of existed. But uh, even with Doom and Wolfenstein, right? Like obviously with Wolfenstein, but as well as with Doom, I knew plenty of kids who played Doom and didn't play Deathmatch. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, I, I just know if you thought it would be like a smaller category since there's less. Well, since, like, yeah, I think <laughs> I think online gaming like kind of helped like cause a bit kind of an explosion in the first person shooter space, right? Like, and yeah, was, shooters in general, right? Yeah, and then like, like yeah. I mean, so SOCOM was fucking huge. Yeah, and there was a point at which like you didn't dare release your shooter. Medal of Honor. With, you didn't dare release your shooter <laughs> without online multiplayer. Uh, so I don't know. I think that first person shooters would have. They would have like still <laughs> came to be, but they might have been. Oh like, yeah, they might have been more even... like a little bit more of a niche, like genre than they are now, because they seem to. They're like they're so main. They're mainstream now in a way that is like, like I feel like first person shooters are pretty ubiquitous at this point, and uh, but I think that was that had a lot to do with like the propagation of like online gameplay and. Like the the first like the like the Call of Duties and the SOCOMs uh, that the that you had out there that like kind of really helped like first person shooters like really really be as big as they are now. I think that they would still be popular, but I think that they would be popular in like a more kind of a more specific like uh, focus kind of way. If that makes sense. Like like the, like people like racing games. Yeah. Uh, or like racing not racing games. I should say racing simulators. Right. Like. Well, so- I mean maybe not. Yeah, well, I then, think they would obviously still exist, but I don't think that they would dominate the game space like they do now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I think that like I, I thought about like, because like I, <laughs> when I thought this through, like it was very much like the kind of mindset, like kind of like in Prey when they were like Kennedy wasn't assassinated, so this is what really <laughs> happened. So like, so everything. <laughs> space. Yeah. yeah. So like that's kind of where my mind went, like. Like if these people didn't build this uh, the system in the late '60s, if they didn't, and if that wasn't fostered and like further built upon in the '70s, then like where would like where would online gaming be? And then even still, like with online gaming, right? Like we have we have entire platforms like in the console space built around that that whole play style. As so, like if that didn't happen, then what is like what is xbox live what is what is psn so yeah yeah. so what about very much goes off of that dude uh go ahead today i'll just say like uh i guess like this i mean this question for both y'all because you're getting more into the fighting game sphere do you think like conventions like 
or like or I guess like not conventions but tournaments like Evo uh would exist if there wasn't an online gaming like yeah. as far as fighting games go like I know it would still be popular Absolutely. I just don't know if it would be have as large of conventions without online gaming so Battle by the Bay which eventually turned into Evo existed before you could play fighting games online okay you know? um and it grew from there right like and the fighting game scene in general was built off of a local scene until what has become known as the 09ers, right? Like, it was 09 when online fighting games were... It's, it's a term you can look at. Alamo Heights? Read it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, you know, after, after the 09ers, after Street Fighter 4, uh, that's when fighting games online really start becoming a thing. So you, then you think... But then you think about this. Like, online gameplay, like, online gameplay at home doesn't happen. Uh, people still want to play competitive fighting games. Arcades still exist then? Yeah, I, I mean, they would, they would, I honestly think that, like, if they weren't online gaming, then, like, then we would, or there wasn't online gaming, or at least it didn't get happen super soon, was pushed back. I mean, we'd still see arcades now. Yeah. Well, sure. it's interesting you guys say that, because not all tournaments, but if you look at a lot of old FGC tournaments back then, uh, before the 09er boom, right, like, you you see Evo like early Evo footage of guys like lugging around arcade machines yeah to tournaments you know uh, <laughs> as, as well as consoles right but like yeah and even now you still see I just imagine like a dolly just coming <laughs> yeah it still happens uh, more so with older games but it does still happen um, uh, yeah yeah a lot of anime conventions I go to they have gaming rooms and they're just like covered in like. Uh... In like arcade machines. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So what's yours, Thomas? Okay. So kind of going off of Ryan's, I wanted to like kind of pinpoint uh, when and who would change this. And uh, Greg Knessa, which is a name, if you don't know, I think that going forward, eventually, when people start to write about like the history of video games in the same way that they do with movies or books or paintings, Greg Knessa's name, I think, will be remembered. Greg Knessa uh, invents Xbox Live Arcade. So it's funny because Ryan's talking about online gaming. And, and to me, it's like online gaming still exists without Greg Knessa. Uh, but in such a very, very different way, right? Imagine if Xbox Live Arcade never happened. PlayStation was still doing online gaming um, with games like SOCOM and you know stuff like that. They shouldn't have a unified ex- platform. Right. It wasn't extremely common. Greg Canessa is the reason that, you know, if you, if you recall early Xbox Live Arcade, you could buy games off there. But games had to be under a certain file size. And that file size was extremely small. I don't remember what it was, but you're buying games like Galaga. You know, yeah, yeah. that's the kind of game Geometry you're getting Wars. off of Xbox Live Arcade, right? Uh, and I mean on the OG Xbox. I don't even mean on 360. Even though he did like spearhead it with with 360 as well. Um, you know, when we start started getting into things like uh, Braid coming out, right, and Super Meat Boy coming out. And Summer of Arcade being a thing. This is when we really started to see indie games explode. So indie games that existed long before this. But it was never something that people could really aspire to do as a job and be successful at. Yeah. You know, there was was things like the behemoth putting out Alien Hominid on GameCube, right? right? But with a game like that, they had to take on the cost of producing... You know, getting boxes, getting discs from Nintendo, printing them, shipping them, all that shit, right? Um, it's really Xbox Live Arcade that I think we have to thank for the past decade and a half of indie games just going through the roof, you know? Because before that, it was extremely rare. To see a game like Alien Hominid on GameCube was extremely rare, you know? Uh, now we're getting indie games left and right. It's not a novelty anymore. Yeah. And I think he is in big, he's a big reason for that. Um, I also think that like other things, achievements, you know, uh, start with that guy, like, uh, fucking, 
I don't know, party chats and, and, and lobbies and the, in the console space specifically start with that guy. But let's not forget Xbox had achievements before fucking Steam. You yeah. know? Yep. Like uh it's it's just crazy to think about like yes, there would still be online gaming. I don't think that indie games would be nearly as popular as they are now. Sure. I don't think it would be a viable career choice for a lot of these developers. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's just it would be completely different. Um yeah, I, I was I looked it up while you were talking, Tom. So this I found an article from Eurogamer from two thousand nine. Uh where so the uh, you said the the file size is really small. They that was around then yeah. that they raised the size, the maximum file size to three hundred fifty megabytes. Yeah, which is <laughs> like that's tiny, right? It's crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but like, like with Xbox, like so around when Xbox also like digital distribution would just be different, right? Like, yeah. we'd probably be buying more games physically if it wasn't for this shit. Yeah, well, I mean, if like for who, sure, like who the fuck is is Jonathan Blow? Right. Right. Exactly. Um, back then, nobody knew. Right. Yeah. Same like, thing with like Ed McMillan. Nobody knew his name back but then. But then, like, were like, you have digital distribution, which like drastically cuts down on uh, on production costs, and then uh, and he gets more gets that game into more people's hands, and then you get then you have these like huge like multi page spreads about these indie developers that you might maybe have never heard of before because right that that infrastructure allowed them to get their game out there, which is like really. Nice. And and with the Sega Dreamcast three and their main goal being towards any developer, <laughs> uh, it, it's they be- really benefited from this online community. It's, it's better on Dreamcast. Yeah, they're 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 the first uh, digital only console. <laughs> but yeah, Brett, like so, Xbox and PlayStation are both getting ready to release not the first, but some of the first digital only consoles, certainly in the mainstream or, space. Yeah, uh, digital only home consoles, to, not like know. obviously the Vita. Right. Not the beta, uh, the PSP Go. PSP Go, right. Yeah. But, like, that probably would not be happening yeah. had it not been for this fucker, you know? Yeah. And I think that's pretty cool. Like, the idea of buying a console, like, it's still, like, even even with, like, every game that I've purchased in the last few years has been digital. And right. even with that in mind, the idea of an all-digital console is still, like, kind of weird it's kind of weird to me uh but you know like like cory and james right like cory and james wouldn't be the trophy hordes they are today if it wasn't for this guy you know yeah. like <laughs> that's pretty interesting he did that to them um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> imagine cory's wife just like fuck you <laughs> <laughs> uh that is kind of crazy and obviously no, not I, him I, alone, I, but like most of these ideas were his you know yeah um, yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts to like look at like, because the the max file size for uh, Xbox Live Arcade games used to be fifty megabytes. Um, yeah. And then and at and this is uh, an article published in two thousand nine. Um, they referred to the 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 Watchmen games one point two gigabyte file size as massive. Yeah. Which. Like just last year, <laughs> last year I bought a video game that was 150 gigabytes. Uh, so it's like it's 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 nuts how like how much that stuff has changed in like the last decade. And but it's funny because like even before like it's during that time that we start seeing a downloadable game versus AAA game, right? Yeah, that's not even language we use anymore. Yeah. Oh you know? yeah. Uh, because what the fuck's a downloadable game? Every game's a fucking downloadable game, yeah. you know. And like, no, I mean, every game, even even if you have the disc, you need to download some part of it. Like, it's right. like because it does that now. Well, uh, it's only now, you know, well over a decade later that we start taking away like valuing a game less because of its cheaper yeah. price, you know. Yeah. Uh, which is not always the case, but like it is, it is because of quality games like like Braid or like Limbo or those those early games. Right. Uh, it's funny to think of those as early games, but you yeah. know, they were just relatively ten, speaking, just ten years ago. Right. Um. Uh, what other uh, what other questions did you have? Because I am curious about what else you had, Tommy. 
Well, my other one, I had, uh, what if online just never happened? It wasn't as specific as Ryan's, but it's like, what if we just didn't have online gaming? Um, <laughs> uh, and then I what also had, I, I think probably what would make the biggest impact on the industry uh, is what if Nintendo never made hardware? Mm. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, because that, I mean, that's no D-pad, that's no analog stick, that's no shoulder buttons. Uh, that is possibly no recovery from the video game crash. So possibly you know? just no games. Right, uh, possibly, yeah. And then also, like, I mean, Mario would not have the legacy it has now. Legend of Zelda yeah. would probably not have the legacy it has now. Like, But you know what? I, ha- I kind of have to wonder if, let's say, like, Nintendo never made hardware. And... It makes me think about what we said with the the stuff with online gaming before. Like, what if those guys in the late 60s didn't do what they did? Well, maybe online gaming would have happened. It would, maybe just would have happened perhaps later. And so I have to wonder, like, maybe someone else takes a crack at it. Maybe they're successful. Well, other people were, right? Games yeah. would probably still exist. Uh, there were consoles coming out after Atari and before NES. Right. You know. But I think that people would have been more were skittish. Not successful. Like right. like like if the if the like if that if the video game crashed is like completely uh a devastated video games to the point where people just stop making video games at a point. Then I think that whoever that next manufacturer was would have probably been a little bit more skittish and those games probably would have trickled out as opposed to like the way that they like were kind of flooding in post NES, right? So I think like what we would have likely have seen, and which what, what we did see, is uh, just a perhaps a greater rise in PC gaming at the sure. time because yeah. people were less afraid to make software for something that wasn't for a piece of hardware that that wasn't so specific to gaming, right? You know, yeah. People already have a computer in their home for whatever, you know. Yeah. We can solve the game for that. But, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to think about. Like, even if, like, even if the gaming crash never happened, like, I wonder how we would be interacting with games physically, you know? Sure. Would we still be using, like, dials and weird joysticks or, like, you know, what, you know? Yeah, maybe. Keypads, like, fucking, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I I think maybe uh, power gloves. Nothing, <laughs> nothing else. Only power gloves. Well, I I I think that um, so like I guess it just depends on like why like why one would say like that the previous iterations of hardware weren't successful, and so like I think oversaturation that, of software. That right, software. So then it had nothing to do with the way that we were interacting with the games, right? So. No, but the way we were interacting with the games is not. We would not want to be interacting with those games in that way. Well, well sure. Like, like I don't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to play my know. games with an Atari joystick for sure. But I wonder what those control. What the controllers would have looked like. Um, it's just. It's. It's. It's an interesting what if. It's a terrifying what if, because I don't ever want to. Yeah. I don't want to live in that world. But. Um, <laughs> And um, I, I don't know. I think about like all the like all the great times I had with the NES. Um, like even even like because like there were a lot of games on the NES that were that were really great, but there were also a lot of them that were stinkers. And I played them. I played a good mix of both. I'm just I'm glad for it though. Yeah. Because uh, I st- um, there are still a good mix of stinkers. There, in fact, there are more stinkers now. Because everybody more stinkers can make, than ever. Yeah, because now everybody can make their own fucking stinkers at like a very low cost and just throw them up wherever they want to. So, yep. Uh, did you have any backups or any extras, Ryan? Uh, no, not really. Um, I don't know. I kind of like that. Um, that one kind of took a lot of processing power, if I'm being honest. Um, like it's, uh, but it's fun though. It's it, I like I like thought exercises. I have like a couple. That. So, um, I have, what if Blizzard never became popular? So that means no StarCraft, no World of Warcraft. No Rock uh, and Roll Racing. Diablo, well, that doesn't mean no. I you mean, said if they never become popular. Well, uh, I was, or is it I'm if thinking, they never were? Because I'm thinking, like, if they, like, their first couple strategy games. Because it, was, it wasn't StarCraft. Because there was the, before World of Warcraft, there was just WarCraft. And then... They had a couple other before that, but I can't remember. Well, they published but, a lot back then too. Yeah. 
Yeah. So say like they never made their their greatest hits and they never got popular, that didn't come around. So there's no StarCraft channel in South Korea. There's no Did they publish Primal Rage? No. Did they not publish Primal Rage? All I can think about is Primeval and so and I know (laughs) and I know I'm like I still cannot think at this moment. I know they didn't develop it, but I thought I could have sworn they published it. Primal I don't know. Primal Rage. Uh no. No, okay. They, that game was published by Atari. Um, and the, the what? Yeah, and the ports were done by Time Warner Interactive. Uh, and the the specifically the 3DO version was done by LG Electronics. So mm-hmm. weird, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I guess like the one that I could speak about, and it was like, what would that mean for the MMO scene? Like, what would that, like, It would mean that Fantasy Star Online would be bigger today than it has ever been. Well, I mean, so, yeah. I I think, think, like, EverQuest would be more revered. So would be, so would Guild Wars. Um, I think I think Guild Wars wouldn't happen. Guild Wars draws too much from World of Warcraft. I think Guild Wars happened. I mean, a lot of, you could say Ion, you could say a lot, like, uh, Final Fantasy Online. You can see a lot of things. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like a lot, of, a lot of, I don't think they would exist either. A lot of those, but, a, a lot of those MMOs that came out after World of Warcraft definitely use their model. But like, yeah. I'm thinking about where the games that preceded World of Warcraft would have right. gone. Right. Like, like Fantasy Star. Like Fantasy Star, Ultima Online. Uh, well, didn't the first EverQuest come out before World of Warcraft? It did. Yeah. Okay. So um, like. I think that would have a bigger, like, a bigger stamp on the market. I feel like there'd be, I feel like, I feel like more people would play, or actually, I don't know if like more people would play. I do feel like, uh, it would definitely change the game space, because I know quite a few people, their first game they played was World of Warcraft. Yeah. And then they got into other gaming because of it. Yeah. Roblox. I, I do think, <laughs> I do, so I do think that MMOs are still, like, a very... Like they're, I think, I think MMOs are still a very niche thing. They were made more well. They were made. They were made more uh, well known by the presence of World of Warcraft. But I don't think that people were really talking about any MMO like in like pop culture or outside of like like uh, mainstream gaming uh, before World of Warcraft. Um, and so, but I think if you go back and look at like old game pros and shit, like. I, I keep bringing up Fantasy Star because Fantasy Star was a big fucking deal. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, it was like it's it's an apt thing, but I was yeah. Um... And obviously, like the Fantasy Star online numbers do not come close to World of Warcraft. Yeah, but nothing like, does. But nothing like does. people were still talking about it, like this is the fucking future, you know? Yeah. Um, and I... also, didn't it do? Uh, compared to like other MMOs, let's say like EverQuest and Guild Wars, like it, I feel like it did way better in the Asian markets. I can't speak to that, but you're probably right. I would assume so. Yeah. yeah so I think um, I think where because I I guess like what happened after World of Warcraft was that every MMO that came out after that um tried to make itself more accessible like make them make those those games were we're the next war i mean like because i think that like mmos like that precede world of warcraft were like kind of obtuse in a way that world of warcraft isn't and so and i think that world of warcraft kind of like blew up because of how easy it is to get into as opposed to other uh mmos but um i don't know i think but like it's weird right because like Every pretty much not not everyone like Final Fantasy is still still going, but like most of the MMOs that came out after World of Warcraft just didn't didn't succeed, and I'm pretty sure it was because of World of Warcraft. Um, I think there's I think there's something there, but I also do think that the longevity of a of an MMO really has to do with the content that you get at the top level. Okay. And that's one thing that World of Warcraft did fantastically and continues to do fantastically. Just because, like, let's just say every MMO out there were top levels, level 100. So let's say, like, any MMO that you hit level 100, and if it's a game that you're going to be playing a lot, 
like once you get there it's like well now what i've been doing all these things i hit the level 100 so what do i do with my game and i'm not talking about people who go into those games specifically planning to raid uh with like online friends a lot of people do not have a lot of online friends before going into the game um and i think that really sets the tone on if it has longevity because certain things like um like the like the star wars uh knights of the old republic online uh the old republic whatever uh you know what i mean i always want to call it kotor and (laughs) just call it i know but take the call Uh, it's just tour so it was tour um i know that a lot of the longevity of that game came from people being able to role play in it and having such large amounts of star wars knowledge beforehand made it probably longer than that game would have actually like lasted as far as being like popular and i feel like I also think that game went free to play extremely quickly. (laughs) Extremely quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, they made a lot of money off microtransactions, that's for sure. (laughs) But, I mean, what isn't? Anyways. uh, But yeah, I do think that there would be... I think that in some ways there would probably be more diversity in the MMO space. And the fact is that more people would probably think more of like what you can do before you hit that level 100 than the standard being because of WoW focusing on what happens when you hit level 100. But you know what's funny is like, there's been Blizzard games that I've enjoyed all right. But like, I think Blizzard, like even if they just were never to exist, it's like a blip on the map to me. They wouldn't, it wouldn't affect me all that much. You know, I understand that there's a lot of people that love, you know, Overwatch and World of Warcraft and all that shit. And Starcraft, e- Diablo. Esports, esports would not be as big, you know, but like, to me, it's just a fucking, yeah, it's, it's a pit stop. It wouldn't matter to me. But it probably affects a lot of, it probably affects a lot of gaming history that, it affects a lot uh, of gaming history, but I don't think it affects gaming history or games, for that matter, or communities that are important to myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also, I wonder where MOBAs come from, or if they exist at all, after, if Blizzard doesn't, like, really hit its stride. Well, they existed before Dota. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it definitely wouldn't be as big, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or it probably might, it probably would have hit, it might have been hit like sooner or differently because of the lack of a dominant MMO space. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then my last question. Okay. Oh, Dota's not even fucking Blizzard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I was like, isn't it Hearthstone? (laughs) Blizzard, but yeah. No, here's Uh, the storm, dude. Oh, here's the storm. And I was, and I was, I was saying, I don't don't MOBA. Because Dota came from, (laughs) came from Warcraft 3. So. Right, it was a Warcraft mod. Yeah. Uh, what if Borderlands, Borderlands became even more popular than Call of Duty? What if it was one of the most oh popular games God. on culturally relevant to where it like or like Big Bang Theory and other like stupid TV shows mention it by name like they do WoW and Call of Duty. Oh my god, that like, <laughs> like I don't know, like I don't, and I'm not trying to. Be Would you hyper- stop being a gamer? I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. <laughs> no, not I'm not trying to be. Hi- I'm like not at all trying to be hyperbolic, but like that just that made me nauseous a little bit. <laughs> Honestly, not myself. Like, re- like I put I put Borderlands in the same ballpark as I do like something like Fortnite. Obviously, they're very different games. But they both have a level, like an elementary level of humor uh, and style that I can't get behind. But like, I love that my friends have fun with Fortnite and have fun with Borderlands, you know? Like, I wouldn't care if that shit was fucking huge i mean it already is fucking huge you know yeah but what uh, if like everyone's talking about like gearbox all the time everyone wants to know what that studio is doing okay. like it dominates the news so like yeah, i okay guess with me like I... I i would say tell them that they're when dumb, I, but like I, I don't really when care. i when i heard when i heard huge i guess i i guess and the way my brain processed it was more influential 
and um and I yeah like uh, like it's 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 breaking record numbers in sales well like like, like it is the most sold it, game on the consoles of I mean Fortnite already is right if, like I don't really care if like oh, that is true if we're talking about like it influencing like the tone of more games then I don't think oh, I like would that. I don't think I'd like that very much but it already did, right? Like that's why you saw stuff like Destiny coming out and the Division coming out. Like they're they're trying to capture, and I think in a lot of ways they did, and then exceeded the success of games like Borderlands. No, I don't like. Well, that's like not, I'm not talking about mechanics. I'm talking about like like the shit that they say in those Borderlands games. I guess so, like the overall like vibe of yeah. those games, which yeah. is like I. Well, fi- I mean, like I find. I mean, the repellent. Borderlands games are very much wow light <laughs> like it's very and much like, oh hey purple's legendary cool well, well, like and again i'm not talking about all the like, same thing uh, and again i'm not talking no about, you like, mean more like the writing in the game yeah i'm not talking like about that, like right? mechanics like because yeah. like, i do i yeah. like i like loot driven games i like loot driven shooters i was just talking about how i'm playing destiny a bunch but like i was talking about that i was like i really respect and enjoy a lot of anthony birch's writing and he does very he has a very interesting lecture on writing borderlands but man, I don't like the writing in Borderlands, and I know he didn't write those on his own, yeah. you know. But like, still, I don't know. It just there, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I. Short answer is I hate that, but <laughs> like, the, I like short answer. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I specifically did that one because I knew you guys wouldn't like it. But um, yeah, there. I. I kind of, like, didn't want to end it on a bummer, but I kind of wanted to talk about, like, just some more, uh, or at least, like, touch upon again, like, it's all the craziness going on in the gaming sphere right now. And it's really again? funny. What? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like last week's episode was such a bummer. Uh, that's all right. We can talk about it. What do you want to talk about, Shanae? Well, so um, there are some groups and forums I go to where it's like a lot of it's making fun of it, but they like like girl gamer groups where it's just like women that are into gaming that like have a space to where like we can just not have that divide there, like our because like it's it's a safe space, whatever. But it's it's one where it's it is easier to have these kind of conversations. But it's been super fun because there's been a lot of fucking memes about no one being surprised about all these guys coming out as creeps. And a lot of, like, a lot of jokes about, like, how we've been bringing stuff up for years and people haven't listened and all of a sudden now. And, I don't know, it's been kind of, like, brightening my day because people have been able to make fun in this sphere already or feeling comfortable to. Obviously, things haven't been fixed completely. But it's been, it's been real fun. And on that small sliver of sphere. And it's, I don't know, it's been pretty nice because, like, I've been in those groups for a while because a lot of them are just like, hey, like, uh, some of them is just posting your uh, battle station, like your PC thing, and like where you can have all the pink lights and cute little, like, bunny themed keyboards. No one's going to just, like, say this is stupid or whatever, or like try and get, like, quiz you for your video game knowledge to show you're a, a real gamer. And, uh, yeah, it's been, and, like, just encouragement and stuff like that. But I've just been seeing more jokes lately, because people, like, of course are done with being bummed, and everyone is aware of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's fair to say that people are done with being bummed, though. I saw a lot of bummed females online today in regards to the FGC. Yeah. Well, Uh, I mean, like, they're still bummed. I mean, it's still bummed, but, like, but... I guess, like, find, I don't know, just dealing with it with the humor and being, but also realizing it is happening and just being like, yeah, no shit, this is happening. Thanks for listening. Let's also change these things while we're at it and move forward. But it is, I don't know, I just think it's, it's, it's nice when I see a point where it's tipping where people are not just consumed with the atrocity of it, but, like, being very realistic about it, but also, like, being able to... I don't know. Deal with it with humor. Well, yeah. I think that's uh, it's it's. I think you know, from from like a mental health standpoint, I think it's important to be able to like, in some way, like disengage, like being mindful of it, but like 
disengage from it for a little while, like give yourself a chance to catch your breath and like find support with other people who could relate or go through the same thing. Like I will never understand what it is that women go through in any facet of society, much less in video games. Um, but I am glad to hear that you have somewhere where you can go, where you can, you know, talk to other people who share your experience and find some humor in, you know, what is otherwise shitty. Um, so yeah, that's good. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like one of them, like the battle stations one that I like follow, it had like a, like a post where it's like new battle station. And then like on the screen is like a list of like, people who have been recently outed as being creeps or sexual harassment or have been recently fired for it. Like things like that. I just think it's funny. <laughs> and yeah. But you're right. Like it's a way to deal with it. Yeah. I don't know. I was looking at that before the podcast and I just wanted to touch upon it. And I think, sure. and like, if you are a female listener and that, like hit me up, I'll send you some way if you want some uh, fun spaces where you don't have to feel weird about the fact that you want the cutest, pinkest, whatever, battle station. Because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of, like, I don't know if you ever, like, go on, like, Overwatch or, like, other forums. People would do, like, diva-themed, and st- like, battle stations and other things like that. And, like, people just shit on them. Well, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I don't really get behind people being shitty for, to someone else for liking something that they like if it's not hurting anyone else. Like, if you want your fucking computer to look like D.Va or whatever the hell if you want your... It just doesn't matter. So, uh, it's good that you have... You know, that these people have a place where they can go and show off their their uh, their computers without getting made fun of. Uh, but I also think that anybody who would make fun of somebody for having a computer that they like is... Uh, I mean, that's just cruddy, so... Yeah, I just wish I had the money. Uh, That'd be dope. You could. I you could, but money. I don't. Um, we should fix that. Who I do I talk to for that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you could, you could, you could slang some some bricks, I guess. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, but yeah. So I hope that wasn't too bummery. Sorry. Uh, on that. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Shanae. Thanks for bumming me out, Shanae. Yeah, thanks for bumming Tom out. <laughs> You're, welcome. You're welcome, Tom. Anything to make your night a little worse? Sure. <laughs> uh, I know we kind of brought it off the topic, but was there anything else that y'all wanted to talk about with What If Machine? All I can think about is the Futurama episode with the thing longer. Yeah, the thing longer. <laughs> What if that was your control? The thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good news. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I. Uh, I don't think I'd. I'd like video games very much. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like like we could go off on like these what if scenarios for a long time. I just thought it would be interesting. Like maybe we can come back to it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like I liked all the the research you put into yours, Ryan. Oh yeah, I was all over the internet with that. I put no research into mine. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing, Tom, is is that like <clears throat> you have this uncanny ability to store a massive amount of information in your noggin. <laughs> uh, I, however, cannot do that. So you know a lot. We know a little. So you you know a lot, Ryan. <laughs> I mean facts on Ryan knowing a lot. Yeah. Ryan yeah. knows years. Uh I'll tell you what, I I know how to not accidentally stop recording in the middle of an episode now, so That's good. I listened to the last episode and like of course it was in the middle of a point I was making and then cuts to like fucking Hey dude, I did way the, later, completely I, out of context. I did the best I could with what I had and I felt like if you weren't listening close enough it made sense. It really didn't. Well, you should have said you should have recorded you saying something in the middle of it, added it there, and then yeah, just, That's all right. just put in a clip of me saying sorry, and then go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was That's my bad. Done. I still have no idea how that happened because I don't remember pressing anything or what. But 
That's probably is just it, a slip of the elbow. A little slip of the elbow. Yeah, maybe. Right? You get tired of listening to Tom talk. You're like, fuck you, Tom. I'm going to cut you off. Uh, yeah, I'm trying not to monopolize the conversation no, it's, so much. It's, oh, you're it's, fine. No, it's funny that you say that, Tom, because every time I look at one of our episodes, uh, I will fast. I will just keep fast-forwarding to like different random spots in each episode, and every every point that I hit is me talking. So... Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's uh, No, I like... Uh, I like your point of view, Tom, and I like your I like your knowledge. I because it makes me more eligible. Because I because I learn these things through knowledgeable. Oh, I thought you said eligible. Because <laughs> I, I learn these things from you. What are, I'm complimenting you. Don't be an ass. Yeah, I wouldn't be an ass. I just heard you wrong. How the turntables. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, well, we got a pop on Instagram thanks to Thomas, so you should check that out. Pop pop uh, pop 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 popping. Uh, yeah. yeah, Poplar. Come say hi. More Futurama references for you. Yeah. Uh, we also have an uh, we also have a Discord room, uh, a really which should be Discord. linked. Yeah, it is. It's some hi abs. Hi, hi abs. Got a hey. shout out for him. Hey, hey abs. It's a, a three person shout out on hi, there. Hi Sandy. Hi Corey. <laughs> hi Rez. I just want to say hi to abs. Hi Tommy. Uh, you... Hi Shanae. <laughs> Only them. Uh, you can <laughs> find us on most podcasting uh, po- podcastings, podcast apps. Uh, we're also on the YouTubes. Uh, if you want to go there, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, don't, don't, comment. don't say like, comment, subscribe ever again. <laughs> oh my God, Shanae. I'm gonna cut off the recording now. Mm, bye guys. Bye. bye. <laughs>